Okay, so today is uh, the second day of Shavuot, and so it's just a sort of a Shavuot 2.0 message, perhaps. Um, welcome back, those who were able to make it yesterday. Not everyone can make it sometimes on these weekday services because we still live in Egypt, so to speak, and sometimes you have to make bricks for Pharaoh. That's just kind of how it is until hopefully soon Yeshua ushers us into the kingdom and then we will be living out Torah on a level never before known, of course. Yesterday, um, we kind of spoke a little bit about, or I spoke a little bit about, just kind of shovel out what it was. We sort of eased into it a little bit. Um, like Gregory had mentioned, I discussed a bunch of the great connections, a bunch of the great uh, like folklore that's out there um, about what happened at Sinai. Because there's a lot of parallels that are obvious between Sinai and Acts 2. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. If you read in your Kumash, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Not only were the farks, sparks falling on people, but deaf and blind people were being healed. Pregnant animals were just instantly giving birth. I mean, that's pretty creative. But it does make you think, like, eh, it does make sense, something that miraculous that is happening. I mean, it affects everything. So there's a whole lot that uh, gets, you know, sort of thought about. Very interesting stuff. Um, and then we kind of ended um, yesterday, as I was sort of wrapping up, um, talking a little bit about the how the spirit manifests itself in the world today, of course. It kinda, you always want to bring something around for practical application, right? And um, so we talked about a little bit different ways, even within Messianic Judaism, because sometimes the spirit gets manifested depending on where you're at, and maybe perhaps a little more of a charismatic manner, which, yeah, should have balance on that, of course, right? I think, uh, it's, uh, what does scripture say about that? When you think about the uh, different ways the spirit moves, it says uh, rejoice always, pray constantly, and everything give thanks. It's great biblical wisdom. Um, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic messages, right? Have to have a little balance when we're sort of um, witnessing the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes you see it working in the form of tongues. Things some of us, depending on your background, might not be exactly uh, used to seeing, but you have to have balance. We don't want to quench the Spirit. So I discussed that a little bit. That was sort of the conclusion of my yesterday. The various ways the Spirit works and is manifest, especially in charismatic or Pentecostal circles because that overlaps within Messianic Jewish circles as well. Some Messianic Jewish communities are a little more charismatic. There will be a little more filling of the spirit, what you kind of see in charismatic churches. So there's a lot of overlap, like a Venn diagram with all the circles. There's a lot of overlap in some of this. We should always have balance, mercy, and understanding, right? We don't want to quench the spirit. The Lord works in mysterious ways with different people in different times and places. And so ultimately, as human beings, we're just responsible to respond to the amount of revelation God's given us. That's our ultimate responsibility. 
Sometimes that revelation looks a little different to different people in different places. This morning, though, I would like to highlight the prophetic nature of the Spirit, just as I see it, of course. It's just me talking here. Um, How I see, how I've seen, how I view the Spirit working throughout the Bible and throughout human history. Um, You can liken it to a person, right? We're all on a personal journey of growth and maturation, right? Well, I ponder this sometimes. Humanity follows the same pattern that a human does in growth and maturation. You can s- I see this in the Bible, and I see the Spirit following along with this. Humanity, since the fall, since Adam and Eve's been on a journey of growth and maturation on a cosmic scale, and you can view this history of humanity and liken it to the life of a man. <clears throat> Excuse me. For example, in the beginning, um, humanity's like a baby. And in this, Adonai starts very small with a couple of people here and there. He starts with Adam. He's working with Enoch a little bit. He works with Noah. He's not dealing with a nation yet. Humanity's still a little baby. He's not ready for that. So he begins small. Humanity is a baby, and he has to take growth slow this last many centuries, 1,000, 1,500 years. And the Spirit seems to only be working on a few people, at least as far as I can read in Scripture. But then as we read, as time rolls on, he sets apart a people, right? He takes apart Abraham, the nation of Israel, and humanity enters sort of adolescence at this point. He's watching them mature and struggle a little bit, and he redeems them out of Egypt, and he cares for them. And it's during these times that the Spirit seems to be giving out a little more, but in a deliberate way and for specific reasons. For example, in your TLV Bibles in the pew, turn to page 143. Others will be heading for Numbers chapter 11. Let's get this thing rolling. Numbers chapter 11. The nation of Israel, of course, is um, freed from Egypt here, so humanity's been rolling around for a couple thousand years. God's taken um, one small tribe out of all the peoples and is beginning to work with them in a little bit larger way. Numbers 11, verse 16 says this, Adonai says to Moses, bring me 70 of the elders of Israel, who you know to be elders of the people and their leaders. Take them to the tent of meetings so that they may stand with you there. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the ruach that is on you and place it on them. They will carry with you the burden of the people so that you will not be carrying it alone. It seems that the Spirit is not being poured out among everyone, like we read in the Acts 2 experience, but it's placed upon certain people for certain things. And there's many examples of this. A little bit later on in chapter 27, Joshua ben Nun, right? Joshua, he's receiving the Spirit. Um, Judges chapter 6, it says the Ruach, the Spirit clothed Gideon. We read David's last words in the book of 2 Samuel. It says, The Ruach, the spirit of Adonai, has spoken through me, and his word is on my tongue. Many more examples. Um, 
But it seems like during this time, the Spirit is moving within people in a direct manner um, for certain things, at least just the way I see it. I'm sure there's always another perspective. Anyways, moving along, a couple more centuries roll by. Now we're sort of getting towards the time of the prophets, right? This is a later time. Many generations have gone by, judges, kings have passed, the nation's grown even more. And so you can sort of liken this time to a teenager now. And what are we working with when you're working with a teenager? You're working with lots of rebellion. And that's what's happening during the time of the prophets. There's lots of rebellion. Now you just don't take the rebellious teenager as much as you'd like to and cast them right out of the camp. You work with them. You discipline them a little bit. And that's what the prophets were doing. The prophets signaled sort of a renewed source of revelation. Um, the prophets had oracles that bring revelation on several levels. Like you could think of it almost as three different levels. The oracle would tell of events that happened during their time, but the oracles would also tell of events that would happen in the future, such as the time around when Yeshua was on the earth walking, and then also events that would happen in the kingdom. Let's consider the words of Isaiah, right? Isaiah chapter 42, page 426 in your Bibles, if you would like to turn there. Isaiah, of course, a prophet to the southern kingdom of Judah. See, Isaiah chapter 42. Now as humanity is not only getting the spirit, but these prophets are getting a little bit of insight into something deeper than just, um, you know, I'm going to put my spirit on these people so they can help you with your burden. Now these prophets are beginning to really see uh, sort of future, um, you know, levels of revelation that deal with the future as well as the present. Isaiah 42 says, chapter verse 1, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my ruach on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice or make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he establishes justice on earth. The islands will wait for his Torah. Thus says God, Adonai, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, and who gives breath to the people on it, and the Ruach, the Spirit, to those who walk in it. I, Adonai, called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, by opening blind eyes, bringing prisoners out of their dungeon, and those sitting in darkness out of the prison house. I am Adonai, that is my name. My glory I will not give to another, or my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I announce them to you. 
Very interesting stuff here in this uh, chapter 42. We as disciples of Yeshua can certainly see Yeshua in these words. We see the nature of him there and his purpose. Very beautiful prophecy of opening blind eyes, declaring new things, right? These, uh, that's one of the works of the Spirit, opening blind eyes, declaring new things. That's the work uh, that the Spirit does in people's lives. So when we get to Acts 2, of course, that uh, you get that sense there that something new is happening. I know, I hear it a lot, there's nothing new under the sun, people quote Ecclesiastes, but there's a lot of new things that happen. There's a new heart, there's a new spirit, there's going to be a new Jerusalem. And he declares here, the prophet, I will do new things, I will declare new things. So this is a part of a maturing process that humanity continues to go through. By the time we get to the times of Yeshua, perhaps they're entering adulthood. It's time for the spirit to really begin to be released, not just on the people that he set apart, but on those that are even, uh, what was that read? In, uh, he read that for us. Gregory did. Um, turn there to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is, ooh, page 1051. Of course, this is uh, very most of us know this very well, and it was read yesterday, about the first 20 verses, and the next 20 verses were read this morning. But consider what Greg had uh, read this morning. Uh, verse 39, right? Verse 39 says, For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far away. What's he saying here? You and your children, you and your Jewish brothers and sisters, and for all who are far away, those non-Jews, those from the nations, everyone here, the promise is being uh, promised to everyone, as many as Adonai, our God, calls to himself. I believe that God calls in some way every human being to himself. It's just that person's responsibility to respond to that revelation. I believe everybody's called on some level, on some way. And so every disciple of Yeshua from every tribe, nation, and tongue may have the Spirit enter them, dwell within them, help them change their nature, their heart, and become a new person, that new man. That's really there available for everybody, just like the prophet spoke. He's declaring new things. Moving forward into today's world, I think the past few generations have seen humanity enter a new age. Sort of like, you know, we went from teenager to adulthood here. Now, I just, it's just me, I see humanity as sort of entering the golden years of adulthood. <laughs> By that, I mean, when I think of golden years, I think of wisdom and knowledge, right? Great wisdom of those in their golden years. The past few generations have seen humanity change in ways never before seen, Technology has seen man go from horse and buggy to landing on the moon. We went from Morse code just a few generations ago. Now I have an AI bot on Snapchat on my iPhone. Artificial intelligence right there. It's crazy.
We need to be encouraged by this age, my friends, that there are things that you can look at this two ways. Yes, um, the world we're living in uses some of this knowledge for wickedness and rebellion. But there are others that use this uh, to grow closer to God, right? There are things that were created for evil, but Adonai uses them for good, such as the Internet. The Internet proves, uh, provides a lot of different ways for wickedness. But the Internet's also the reason most of us are sitting here today. That's a spirit working in this world, despite uh, the wickedness of the people who are a little rebellious. There's a lot of great examples of the spirit really working around the world, the trying to bring the fullness of the Gentiles um, to its fulfillment. For just one example, the Torah club that we do here on Wednesday night, it's, um, there's, you know, they're trying to expand. There's many Torah clubs, not only here in West Michigan, but all over the United States. There's hundreds of them. Of course, they're all over Canada. You can look on a map on their website, many all across Europe. But it's starting to spread in places you wouldn't anticipate. South Africa, India, Indonesia, South Korea, Japan, New Zealand. Um, a lot of places that sound a bit strange. That's the Torah going out to uh, the disciples of Yeshua that is, uh, has to be a move of the Spirit, and that's just one particular ministry. You see, the Spirit is opening up the eyes and the ears of many in this world to Torah, all around the world. And there are many other groups and places and countries that are awakening that I really can't research and find, but we know they're out there, and that should encourage us to be encouraged of the work of the Spirit in these end times that we're working in. The prophet Joel gives an oracle that really resonated with the apostles during the Acts 2 event. That's why the, um, they quote Joel here in Acts chapter 2. Because they saw that oracle being fulfilled on another level. These apostles, they knew that um, the prophets' oracles are you know, for their time, but then there's future fulfillments of them. That's why they quoted Joel in Acts chapter 2. They realized they're seeing something here that is uh, being fulfilled during their time. But if, like I said, humanity is in its golden years, then we are on the cusp of seeing these oracles realized on a kingdom level, perhaps very soon. Let's read that um, Joel prophecy. It's on page 581, Joel chapter 3. We'll read it a little bit more than what's quoted in Acts chapter 2. But Joel chapter 3 is on page 581. Um, of course, the prophets, these guys had a really tough job. And all the prophets would have an immediate um, realization to their oracles, but it's pretty obvious on some of them that they have not been fulfilled yet. Where is 581? That's in your Bible, but it's not in mine. It's just past Hosea, I believe. Oh, man. I'm lost. Joel. There it is. We're on page 657, David. 
Joel chapter 3. Soon, it will be afterward, I will pour out my Ruach on all flesh, right? This is what the apostles are realizing is happening in Acts chapter 2. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. These are things we should be expecting to see soon. Also, on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You see, there's another reference to the non-Israelite. Joel's expecting his fellow um, Jews to be receiving all this spirit. But when he says the male and female servants, you see, when you read the Torah, you know you're not supposed to be taking Hebrew servants as slaves. So when he says male and female servants here, he's talking about those from the, those from the nations. So he's saying, yes, my fellow Israelites and people from the nations are going to be receiving this uh, ruach. Continuing also on the male and female servants, Will I pour out my spirit in those days? I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, fire, uh, blood fire and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of Adonai, when the day of Adonai comes. Then all who call on Adonai's name will escape, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be rescue, as Adonai has said, among the survivors whom Adonai is calling. Amen? And amen to that. So we just need to try to recognize that Torah is being placed in the hearts of many, many people. The movement we are in is, as Rav Mike used to say, of blessed memory, an end-time movement of God. I believe we are all here um, for purposes and for that and ride. Purposes like um, we are to be good witnesses and testimonials to the great thing Adonai is doing. Be, we need to be good testimonies to the wonderful things in his Torah for all who are interested in it, looking at it, considering it as the Spirit awakens them. So may the Spirit be working within us, encouraging us, directing us in this world. May people continue to be awakened to the wonderful things in his Torah. And may the love of Yeshua be bound up in all of our hearts as we await his return and the gathering of his kingdom. May that be soon and in our days. Shabbat Shalom, Hag Shavuot Sameach.